Hello and welcome to a much later than usual GAA Embedded here on Balzali, our weekly GEA show uh, where we speak about the hurling and football matters of the weekend gone or in this case because of the bank holiday and a few other issues we decided we'd do it in the middle of the week and look a little bit back on the hurling semi-finals and mainly ahead to the All-Ireland or the quarterfinals and ahead to the semi-finals which take place this weekend. Two massive semi-finals to talk to Shane McGrath about in just a couple of minutes. We will catch up with Darren O'Sullivan. We'll do that on Monday when we look ahead to the All-Ireland football semi-finals as part of Monday's show. But also today we've got coming up, we've got our, our man Finch is looking at 22 essential phrases that every GEA fan needs to know. Looking forward to some of them and just making sure I have them all in my locker for when I eventually start going back to matches. And we'll guess the handicaps for both the hurling and football semi finals with um with gary and pj in a few minutes but right now it's talk to shane talk time to talk to shane mcgrath about her shane uh again speaking to you a little bit later this week so it's kind of not as breathless as we normally do on a monday and there's a little bit more considered and everything like that but you know we've got two brilliant semi-finals coming up now at the weekend but like just looking back briefly on last weekend you know i think the unfortunately the cork and dublin match was you know, there was definitely a lot to talk about and there were some great highlights and stuff like that. But in terms of Waterford and Tip, taking your natural Tip bias out of things and we'll definitely talk about what where where this leaves Tipperary, but it was a thrilling and kind of breathless match and the kind of things that we want to see, the kind of game we want to see in, in knockout hurling at this time of year. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal stuff, Mike, you know, and like, I suppose, I think I think Waterford's, the scoring really says that... You, and talking to anyone, any of the tip fans who were there, or you know, talking to them since, like I, I don't think there's, there is no, there's no bad feelings towards Watford getting the victory, and I think most hurling people will understand that. That overall, Watford were the better team. Now, was, was it a penalty? You know, we've had, we've had the chance to look at it loads of times since, and look, it, it wasn't a penalty, you know, in, in my opinion. But, and you know, at the time, then I think uh, we think we were down by four, and that puts us down by seven. But look. I think overall Watford were a better team. Four twenty-eight. Watford scored three twenty-five from play. Like, and I think that'll just tell you how dominant they, they, they were, really. You know, and uh, I think Tip were were trying to play catch up for 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 the majority of the game, and it was just it was just so thrilling, though. Like, you know, people I was even talking to people about it that mightn't be huge hurling people, but were coming mm. in watching the game. They said, oh, there's six points in it, this is over. And they might have went out to the kitchen and came back in. And now there's only a point in it. And John McGrath gets a shot off and Sean O'Brien makes a great save. And I think that's that's what hurling is like. I think that's maybe why hurling is, is the fastest field sport in the world. And then obviously with that, might brings the excitement that we got down in Parky Creeve last, uh, last Saturday. But phenomenal game of hurling. Um, you know, a lot of the tip by stayed on the pitch afterwards. Whether that's a sign maybe that... That was maybe the last time we're going to see some of them in the blue and gold. Um, it's 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 hard to call these those things right now. Hard for Liam Cahill as well. Like he's he's, he's a fierce, well-respected man here in Tip. Uh, Mike, what he's done with underage, what he's done down in Watford, the culture he's created. Hard one for him, you know that his his heart will always be Tipperary, but he's the manager. He's a professional man, had a job to do, and I think he made a great statement. Said you know he he doesn't feel any taller or any bigger because he knocked Tipperary out of championship, but he has a job yeah. to do at Watford. And like in fairness. I think the, the lads brought it up there during the week as well. Um, hadn't won a game in two years, championship game. Now he's beaten Tipperary, you know, beaten Kilkenny, beaten uh, beaten Clare. You know, I think it's you know beaten Galway. Like you mm. know, he really has reinstilled confidence in the hurling down there in uh, in Watford, Mike. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the last hurdle, really, well, maybe not the last hurdle to win All-Ireland is, but the last hurdle is to beat Limerick, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But just going back to tip, actually, I I, I don't want to talk about retirements too much. And we obviously talked about Joe last week and everything that happened there. And, you know, we can be shooing lads out the door, as you know, instead of just enjoying them sometimes. But it's funny you say that about kind of standing on the pitch afterwards. And you would imagine for three or four of those guys, the thought definitely enters their mind. And then you go and you have a winter and you have maybe you come back in January and maybe you go at it again, maybe you don't. But um, there's a there's a, a comment here from Chris saying felt like a lot of that t- t- um, tip team won't see next season. When you retired, you called the day in, in 2015. Age-wise, you probably had another couple of years. What were you, 32, 31, 32? Yeah. You know, some people go on longer, some don't. You're in midfield, you're using up a lot of energy. The legs, the legs might not be what they were. Did you know after Crow Park against Galway that day, and did anything change after that? Because I'd be interested in how final those thoughts can be. Yeah, uh, personally, I probably did. And uh, I would have been one of the players I actually would have stayed on, had a good look around the stadium, you know, and that the next time you might be on the pitch, you might be at a Westlife concert or something like that. Like, you know, <laughs> so, uh, uh, no, I think I knew myself. For me, it was a kind of a life decision, Mike. I suppose we'd uh, lock it on here at home and yeah. just wanted to be here for, for my wife, like, you know, and it, it, it was, you know, it was six times a week I was putting the gear in the bag and, um, you know, life took over and I would have got married then in December uh, 2015. And, you know, that's I think that's what it is nowadays for, for, for people that nobody wants to be retiring anyone. But like you, you do get to a certain stage, 32, 33. And, you know, sports science wise, we've never been able to recover better or know how to recover better. Our managements haven't known how to manage these guys who have given maybe 10, 11, 12 years service. But I just think life takes over. And mm. I think you get to an age of 32, 33, a lot of guys might have been involved in the panel like since they're 19 or 20. And you just, you've missed out on maybe 10 years of the crack with your club mates. You've maybe missed out on a lot of stags, a lot of weddings, uh, you know, a lot of social events that you just, you just couldn't go to because you had to understand that you, you have to, I won't say sacrifice because I think it's a privilege to pay, play yeah. for your county, but you had to forego those things. And I think that's what's happening now with a lot of guys nowadays, maybe stepping away who could have gone on another year or two in, in, in the broader public's opinion. But I think they just feel that, look, you know, I want to, I want to build a house. So I want maybe want to get married. I want to, I want to go further in my career. And they just maybe in comparison to 20 years ago, they're just seeing that the world is a bigger place outside of hurling, you know, mm. um, I, I, like I, for my own personal experience, I suppose I was in uh, I was in Alaska during the, for the 20, 2016 Munster Championship Games, and look, you know, nobody nobody on the ship, the cruise ship we were on, really cared what was going on in the Munster Championship. And I suppose it's an eye opener <laughs> to think that when you're in that bubble, you think that's your world. But you know, there's there's a lot of people that don't really mind what's going on. But it's it's absolutely brilliant to be there, and I think the only what's the biggest compliment I can give to anyone who's an inter-county player is. You are you are definitely a better person, sporting wise, and in your own life. And you'll go further in work and everything for being involved in county panels. And you know, be, because of the dedication you give, people see that you're you have a good work ethic. You're you're part of a team. And I think ninety nine. You 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 meet a lot of them, Mike. You talk to a lot of ninety nine point nine percent of guys, inter county guys, and 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 uh, and the ladies side of it as well. They're absolutely brilliant people on and off the pitch as well. Like, and I think that's. That's a testament to the to the environments and the cultures they're in because of intercounty setups. Yeah, absolutely, and the dedication and stuff like that as well. So yeah, it's funny. It, it maybe that's where the the professionalism versus amateur comes from. People so, sometimes find it hard to draw a line when you guys are doing so much and training so much. But maybe it is that you know your life is sitting there on hold. You can't kind of 
you know, you're also working, you're also doing things. But by the time you get there, it's not a case of you have another few years in the legs. It's a case of I've done this for too long now. My life has to kind of come next year. So it's very interesting uh, side uh, bar to the conversation there. But on those guys, because I do want to talk about Waterford, and I'm conscious of the fact that I did this last week as well, where I started with Galway. But um, it's it's no disrespect to Waterford. I want to really get into now. But just on tip, like outside of maybe those decisions that need to be made, I thought they showed enough at the weekend in a, like a very even game that could have went either way. Waterford were probably the better team. You mentioned that yourself. But Tip were there, thereabouts. Goal chance to level it in injury time. Two points behind after 71 minutes. Stayed with them. Showed their experience, I thought, late in the game when they were kind of coming back into it. There are lads coming through. Maybe they're not being bled fast enough. But there's enough there in Tip that you wouldn't be like, it's not this kind of end of the world, let's rip it all up and start again kind of sense, is there? No, absolutely not. There isn't, you know. But, you know, people will be saying, oh, you should have tried this guy and you should have tried that guy. And, you know, you should be trying younger players. Like, for me, my, my opinion on that is, okay, there's a difference between, you know, wanting the younger players to, to stand up and the younger players actually standing up, you know. I mean, yeah. okay, you have to try them in, in big games. But, you know, maybe Lean just felt as the manager that the best team he had was the team he had on the pitch. Like, you know, and, you know, maybe... Someone else might think differently that you need you need younger guys with the way Watford play with energy and all this. I think foresight is 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 great and hindsight is brilliant and everything. But like it's like how would I compare to? I suppose there, there'll always be very good rugby players in New Zealand, Mike, and there'll always be very good hurlers in Tipperary, and you know, and and in in a lot of counties the same because hurling is 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 number one here, like you know, in for majority of the places, like and any you know the top athletes in in every parish, their their first dream is play hurling our, our football for Tipperary like you know and that's why I think the talent will always be there do do I feel the talent is there right now yeah I do like yeah but you know it'd be interesting to see will will the, will these guys get get that experience now next year I suppose they, they really will have to know the way the game has gone like if like how would this water team maybe have got on five or six years ago you know I think the game has even changed from 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 that like you know that like they're, they're they're zippy, they're high energy, they move the ball quick through the lines. Maybe five or six years ago, you're 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 talking maybe like even look at the 2016 final. You know, it was kind of maybe more intense, a bit more physical than it is now. And so look, time like the hurling is changing all the time. Right now, we're in a game where you use the ball well, possession, you keep possession, you you play with a high energy game, and you know that's and, and Watford are really good at that. And we just weren't we just weren't able to match them for that for that energy and and moving the ball through the line the last day. But as you said, I think it'll show the experience we have, the the, the class we had on the pitch, um, you know, the, the top top quality guys that we'll be talking about for years and years to come. That they were able to stay in a game and be there thereabouts when maybe they didn't have the right to Mike. If that if that makes yeah. sense, but they use the ball well. Suppose they look back and they'll they'll look at the few shots they took from maybe 90, 100 yards when they could have got it into the lads as. As as you know, as as things that they could have worked on, but again, look, I think the Tipperary lads will there be change? In my opinion, there will be some change, definitely. Yeah. What that what that will come in 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 uh, in the form of guys stepping away or, or guys coming in. I suppose time will tell. We're getting going with club championship here now in, in in Tipperary, and you know they'll get you'll get to see guys you know putting their hand up as well for for a go next year, and that's what it's all about. I think Brian Cody has a great saying. It's that to be a good county hurler, you must be an outstanding club hurler. And I think that's I think that's nail in the head. You you really have to be stand a standout player for your club to be considered for um for the county. And it'll be interesting to see that over the next couple of months now who, you know, a couple of guys put up their hand. But look, I think as you said it, Mike, and you're dead right, 
I think kudos to Watford here. Um, mm. they were they were they were the better team for the for the whole game, and uh, really really looking forward to going up to Crow Park to see them see them on Saturday and take take on Limerick and see what they've learned from the from from last year playing them. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just before we leave Tip, then you know Liam Sheedy pretty well, I'd imagine. Uh, is he the type that will? He's another man with a busy life outside of the game as well. Like, let's not forget. But is he somebody that will uh, will want to go at it again, or and and kind of like say, right, you know, twenty nineteen is in the past now. We've had two years and not win, and I need to go and do this again with them. Or will he say? Maybe it's time for someone else to kind of come in and 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 give this a go now that uh, you know one all Ireland in, in a, a second three years since isn't the worst um, outcome. I think Liam is the kind of guy that he'll think long and hard about it, and he'll he'll do what he won't. He's, Liam is the kind of guy that it, it's it's not what's best for him; it's it's what's best for the group, and yeah. that's what Liam will do. And Liam will have a good think about it, say, "Am I am I the right guy to take this group to the next level? To maybe bring in new guys to." To understand that maybe some guys are going to want to step away, you know, because they just they've all the boxes ticked and they're moving on with life. And Liam will have a good long think about that. And if he feels that he is the right guy to to take on the group next year, I think you know, absolutely everyone in Tip would be absolutely delighted with it. But I think he he it won't be a rash decision anyway. I'll put it like that, Mike, for him or any of his management team. Like you know, you Tommy there, Tommy Owen Kelly, Eamon O'Shea. You know, Eamon is coming up and down from Galway all the time. A lot of people yeah. might realize that that Eamon lives in Salt Hill near the prom driving up and down two, three, four times a week coming up, you know, especially when championships at its height. So there's a guy who gives so much to Tipperary and asks very, very little in return and has done so much for so many of us and so many of the players there. So it won't be it won't be something taken lightly, but I, I feel the kind of guy that Liam is, just absolutely brilliant guy. And I always say it from, from working with him or working around him, you're always a better person after it. So Liam will have a good think about that to say, is he, is he the right guy or not? And if he feels he is the right guy, well, I think, you know that everyone with tip would be would, would be very very happy to see him uh, at the helm again next year like. yeah so waterford then maybe you know liam cattle let's see what happens the rest of this year let's see what happens with liam sheedy etc like that but everyone's kind of painted him in as a as a, a, a tipperary manager already which you know might be unfair on his relationship with this group that they have because it, it is a special group as well but when we spoke after the clare game you know, we're like, oh, here we go again. Waterford, flat season, good season, flat season, good season. And what they've done to rescue, I think they got a little bit lucky with having a couple of weeks off. I think they got a little bit lucky with the draw and playing Leash when they could have been, you know, against a, maybe a better team than Leash. Maybe they could have been caught that day because they didn't play well. But since then, the two matches so have been absolutely brilliant. You've seen it in the first kind of couple of minutes again. Um, in the same way as we mentioned Shane Bennett's point this week, they started like a house on fire again against Tip, and you're like, Waterford are flying here. And if it wasn't for Shamey's two goals in a couple of minutes, they could have been nearly out of sight, you know. So what is it that's changed about this team? Because they're you you almost think now as they go into the Limerick match, they're in a better position than they were going into the All Ireland final last year against them. Um, yeah, I think and I think in 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 the form of uh, say Mikey Beavins, the coach. That he would have learned so much from playing Limerick in Crow Park last year. That you know, I just I just don't understand people. They say it all oh, that this pitch is the same dimensions as Crow Park, you know. And I think it's absolute bull. I think any player will tell you Crow Park is just a different animal. It plays differently, like you know, because of the stadium and everything. It feels like a bigger pitch. It feels like there's more space when you're looking out the field to try and spray a ball into space. It just it it plays a bigger pitch, like, and that's that's what the big stadiums do. But I suppose what what you said there, Mike, is they're in a better place. You know, like they, they feel like a different team. They, uh, for me, like they're even a different team than the first round of championship this year against Clare. And what and they, that that I mean, they're literally a different team. Same group, but a different team. 
Like if you think about it against Clare, I think they only had eight from the 15 that started the All-Ireland before um, in 2020. They'd only eight players out of the 15 that started the All-Ireland final st- for starting against Clare. So, you know, with, with no matter what team you are, like even if you if you were Limerick, and if Limerick gets the All-Ireland final this year and, and in the first round of championship next year, they want to have eight of those guys. It's, it's very, very hard to, you know, to try and push on and get a victory. Like I take it right. Against against Clare, Mike, Billy Nolan started in goals. We see Sean O'Brien as the goalkeeper now, okay? Against Clare, Shane Feist, Conor Gleeson, and Shane McNulty were down to be the full back line. Okay. Now Conor Gleeson was suspended the last day against Tip. So you only really you only had Shane McNulty involved there. Conor Prunty is now back in full back. So that's massive for them. If you think about even Caleb Lyons was back corner back that day, Mark and Tony Kelly, right? Their half back line against Clare, Caleb Lyons, Irla Daly, Kevin Moore. Caleb Lyons is the only one still there. Shane Bennett was named at full forward that day. Now he's back centre back. Kieran Bennett didn't even start that day. Now yeah. he's wing back and possibly one of their best players of the championship since that day. Midfield, Ozzy, Ozzy Gleeson and Dara Lyons are midfield. Neither of them are midfield now. Your midfield is now Jamie Barron and you've Peter Hogan midfield. And in the forward line then, as I said, Shane Bennett's gone back into the backs. Desi Hutchinson has been phenomenal since. He's work rate and everything. Jack Prendergast has given him an energy out at 11. Fagan has now gone to the wing instead of centre forward. You know, you've Stephen Bennett there on the wing forward as well. And, you know, you've, you've Neil Montgomery, Mikey Carney. These guys are all coming on. Patrick Curran. So they're, they're, they're a transformed team, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, since the day against Clare. And you can see that the confidence they're, they're, they're playing with at the moment. But look, for me, one guy is key to all this. Now, Prunty's back and everything. Jamie Barron. Jamie Barron is the heartbeat of the team. When Jamie Barron is hurling well, Watford hurling well. Absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant the last day. Absolutely brilliant the day before against Galway. Him back gets everybody else around him ticking. And yeah. it's, it's allowing their half-back line, you know, there's so much trust there with them, you know, and they have an attacking half-back line, scored five points from play against uh, against Galway. Even even the last day as well, Kieran Bennett driving forward with the ball, he was brilliant, you know, he's he's a joy to watch. But because Barron is there and knows how to play that role so well, he'll cover back, he'll cover the space, he'll be the link player, and he's an all-star form at the moment. I know you have the role in all-stars, Mike, you know, but he's... He's for me. He's a guy that if he puts yeah. in any bit of performance this weekend, he will be he'll be walking up to collect another another All Star award, which would be number four for him, I believe, at mm. midfield, which would be uh, phenomenal. So yeah, I think a lot of changes, but Jamie Barron, heartbeat of everything going yeah. forward. Yeah, mentioned even like the the, the three All Stars that he has, but like it feels this year like he's in that. 2017 form which is kind of another level again that he probably hasn't reached since so it's always good to see a kind of a hurler getting back um to sort of the level that we know they can be or probably surpassing it really if, if he kind of builds on this over the next game or two uh i want to talk just you mentioned the goalkeeper change and we'll talk obviously about the tip match in a couple of minutes but that br- a brilliant save um from sean o'brien at the end of the game and in general like we talked about losing uh we talk a lot hear a lot about um about uh, losing Tyke Burke for Waterford, but losing Stephen O'Keefe, one of the best goalkeepers of his generation. You think about that generation, you think of Anthony Nash, you think of uh, Owen Murphy, obviously still knocking around, maybe Nicky Quaid, um, but like big boots. In the role, I suppose, could probably join that conversation too, couldn't he, you know, and um, um, Nolan as well from Dublin. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really yeah, good keeper, yeah. Um, but like you think of like, Big boots to fill, but not even getting that kind of nod at the start, you know, kind of being brought in mid-championship. And then you see Patrick Collins obviously doing such a brilliant job for Cork as well, and we'll we'll talk about Mm -hmm. them in a few minutes. But it is good to see kind of like it's such a pressurised position. You can be waiting so long for your chance there as well. And for these guys to come in and kind of really star and basically 
two of them having huge shades and winning all Ireland quarterfinals for their county. It's really brilliant to see, especially replacing such two huge figures in in Saki and in in Nash as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I suppose if we take Patrick Collins, he would have been, you know, waiting in the wings there four or five years, learning off Anthony Nash all the time. I remember Darren Gleeson was the same with us, learning off Brendan Cummins, waiting yeah. to get his chance. When he got it in, he's an all-star goalkeeper almost straight away. Um, as you as you mentioned there, you know, Sean O'Brien taking over from Billy Nolan. Like, did Billy Nolan do anything too wrong? He probably didn't, but obviously Sean O'Brien is is, is burning it up, you know, plays is one is is, is a top player for his club, De La Salle as well. So, like the confidence they have in him, and I think the confidence he has in himself as well, you know. But as you said, it's it is we're coming into a new era of goalkeepers, Mike. You're dead right. We even had it in tip this year, you know, Brian Hogan uh from Laura was our goalkeeper, all-star goalkeeper a couple of years ago. He got concussed twice this year, couldn't play a championship because of it. Barry Hogan from Kiladangan mm. um, steps in. You know, we all see what Barry did last year. Well, most people see literally had the ball in his hand against Lockmore. Quick think and the ball goes out. Maybe too quick in, in some people's minds. And Kiladangan get the breaks. And, they, and uh, you know, they, they're the county champions for the first time in their history. So, like, you know, Barry Hogan, Sean O'Brien, Patrick Collins, you know, all these guys. You know, even Ana Murphy is a relatively new guy. Unfortunately, couldn't play this year for COVID reasons. You know, like we, we are seeing a new era of goalkeepers and I suppose we're seeing a new type of goalkeepers. Now, we're not going down the, the Rory Began route where they're going to be coming out around the 65. But I think I think Owen Murphy has transformed that as well, in my opinion, into this almost Manuel Neuer type role where he's very comfortable and the rest of them are very comfortable coming out 20, 30 yards as an extra player, getting mm. the ball and pinging it down the field. And that's, that's what you're seeing more and more nowadays, uh, Mike, is that you're seeing more and more, even in the club, uh, outfield guys becoming goalkeepers because why? Because managers are saying, look, he's a good sticks man, and you know he'll have a bigger boss, he'll be able to shot stop it, and like, who has the ball in their in their hand the most every single match? The goalkeeper. You're talking 30, 35 puckouts where he yeah. can do something efficient with it. So to have a guy that's a good good sticks person, good striker of the ball, I think we're seeing more and more of guys who are maybe playing outfield with their club becoming inter county um, goalkeepers, like you know so. Yeah, it's it's it is it is a new era of goal of goalkeepers for sure. Yeah, and, and a very exciting one as well. And it's just I think I think the work they put in is phenomenal as well. And I think Nicky Quaid, you know, we all hear the stories of him being mm. a trainer two two and a half hours beforehand, just going through puck outs, pinging them, and the distance and the quality of the ball that they're delivering now. It's 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 phenomenal to see. Like really, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we'll see more with four really really good goalkeepers. Obviously, two men mentioned Quaid and Murphy this weekend. On this weekend, then Waterford, like we know what we're going to expect from Limerick, and we shouldn't like you. You wait a couple of weeks sometimes, and you kind of forget what we saw in the second half of the Munster final. You kind of you're always thinking about the team you saw last, and you sort of I do anyway. So I can kind of forget sometimes about who they're playing. You know, and Limerick obviously phenomenal, but that's probably the best probably the best half they've played ever, but it's also miles ahead of everything else they've done this season. And we should remember that they weren't great in the first half. They weren't incredible against Cork, maybe in bursts, and they had a really poor league. But Waterford also, like they played during the Munster final, All-Ireland final last year. I wonder, do we know Limerick have a kind of a much more set style, much more set team? Waterford, you mentioned how they've changed it up even just this year alone. They found something that works, but there is that possibility of moving it again. A lot of players can play in a lot of positions for Waterford. I'm wondering if we'll see something a little bit unexpected from them this on um, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good question, Mike. I suppose you talk. You're, I know you're getting your GA phrases there, but uh, one of the best ones I've I've heard was uh, you talk about a match. You know, he said there's uh, a match like this where it's so close. You know, until Kenny Cork as well. He says there's like a deaf dog. It's hard to call. You know, <laughs> um, so that is that. You can add that one in. You know, but I. 
it's just hard to know. I think, you know, I was talking about Mike and Beavens earlier and, and what they would have learned again, maybe playing the other in the final against Limerick last year, Open Crow Park and how Limerick are a different animal up in Crow Park like as well. And they use every inch of space that they can up there. And they're, they're probably the best team at doing that the way they, they suck the half forward line out the field and your half back line have a choice to make. Do we go, do we stick or do we, or will we follow? If you follow, they'll hit the space in front of Jamie Flanagan, Peter Casey, Aaron Galland. If, if you stay, they'll let Garrod Hegarty and Tom Morrissey take on the ball and shoot from distance. And that was very evident last year. I think in the semi-final and the final last year, Hegarty and Tom Morrissey scored something like, I think it was 22 points between them um, from play. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's there's two guys who love playing in Crow Park and, and know exactly where the posts are. So are we going to see something different from Watford? Yeah, I think, I think we definitely will see something. I think they're definitely going to be maybe much more attack-minded and they're going to really go at this because why? Because it worked against Galway, it worked against Tipperary. Their game is high energy, their game is attacking, and mm. they, they start that attack mostly from their half back line. And even the way, you know, even the way Shane Bennett took on that score against Galway the very first day, it was a message of intent to say, look, we're going at this. We're not sitting back. Like, so I think Watford will go at it. They'll go at it hard. They'll, they'll be high energy. And, you know, when, when lads are spent, they now have a bench of the likes of Patrick Curran. Um, you know, Neil Montgomery, Mikey Carney, Mikey Kiley, these guys to come in and inject more energy into the team. Yeah. So I think I think they will go at it more maybe than what we've seen last year against them. And, you know, as we say, this is without so many top players like Ty DeBorka, Stephen O'Keefe. So we can't talk Ty DeBorka. He's gone now. We can't mention him. Stephen's walked away. But even Earl Daly getting injured. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of people forget that Earl like, Daly is injured. So Shane Bennett is filling in the sixth role and he's playing absolutely, he's doing a great job at it. But it's the understanding at it. So I think... To answer your question, Mike, will we see something different? I think we'll see something different in regards that you'll see a more attacking-minded Watford side than maybe what you would have seen in the all the final last year where they were maybe weary of what was going on, whereas now they might trust themselves a bit more and say, let's go at this and let's see and let's see what Limerick's response will be to that. Like, Yeah. Paul Tierney asking if you think Austin Gleeson will be in defence or attack. I think you probably answered that is like you want, you want your best lads in a more attacking uh, situation if they're going to be going for it in that way. And yeah. There's a part of me that wonders are Waterford better off meeting Limerick in this. I know it's such a cliche, but for Waterford especially, you're better off beating Limerick in a semi than a final, where there's so much baggage on the finals with them and everything else. And knowing what happened last year, and if Limerick can be caught, maybe it is you know the se- the second last day rather than the last day. Yeah, and if you even think about it, since Limerick produced that tour de force in the second half down in Parky Cueve, like since that, Waterford have bet Galway, bet Waterford. Bet, bet temporarily down yeah, the yeah. as well like momentum you know i think i i don't think i don't think they'll be tired i think uh i think because because of the group and the age the age profile of the group they're they're a relatively young group they will recover much quicker than maybe um you know maybe like a temporary team or something who are a bit older or like that and you know they'll be they'll be full of energy they'll be buzzing i suppose to answer paul's question where do you think austin gleason will be playing i feel that watford could play austin gleason Give him a kind of a role, you know, around the half forward line where where Tip made a bit of hay, like Jason Ford did in the first half. He's able to pick points from distance, and Austin has that in the locker that he can do that. Like, mm-hmm. and they might they might try and pinpoint that to say, right, if Limerick do want to sit, that maybe we get Ozzy out around the ball, around the midfield, half forward area, and get him popping scores from distance and try and suck them out. And then what they, that allow us to do is maybe hit the space in front of Desi Hutchinson. And 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 let him with his pace in this with the space open crow park try and take on 
you know, try and whoever he'll be marking, it'll be very interesting. I think Sean Finn will probably be detailed to yeah. that. Daisy Hutchison, they will see him as a main target man and try and take him on and see, look, no, how are you for pace? Like, you know, because he had a fantastic battle with Barrett the last day. Unbelievable. And I think Barrett and uh, Sean Finn are in the same mould of a type of defender. Real tough, real tenacious, great touch. Will want to play in front. So just so many matchups, even Jack Fagan. Like, will he mark Kyle Hayes? Will he mark Declan Hannon? Will he mark Dermot Burns? With his aerial ability and what he did in the semi-final against Kilkenny last year, snapping that ball and setting up the goal. So I think I think it'll be I think it'll be fascinating. I think who who will mark Jamie Barron for Limerick? Like will Will O'Donoghue get that leadership role of marking him, which he could do. Like for me, I've often said about Will O'Donoghue, Mike, I think he's the right keen of the team. He does everything very well, does the simple things very well. So he might be detailed to try and curtail Jamie Barron. And if he does, it would go a long, long way, you know, to try and get the victory for for the for the Limerick lads, like. Yeah. If if like I was just thinking of the two tip goals in the first half the last day, and like I then I'm thinking of like the best scores Waterford got last weekend, where they're they're they've got such a brilliant ability to be just running off off a man in possession and be it through a scrap or through a pass that they're there in full flight picking up the ball and bursting through. And you think that obviously happened deeper for the tip goals against Limerick. I'm just wondering if it, is the current way Waterford are playing suits the possible very, very slight deficiencies in the, in, in Limerick's defence? Or is that is that just reaching? Yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. It's just so hard because like we're here talking about Limerick and they, we, we thought they were okay against Cork one by eight points. They heard from one half against Tip and uh, and their Munster champions. And like, yeah, like, are we going to see the complete performance from them? Like, are, mm. like, are they waiting for Crow Park, you know, announcing themselves to get back up to the business end of the season for this complete team performance, like what they did in the All Ireland final last year. I mean, even what they did in uh, what they've done for the last few years. To be fair to them, you know, they were they were a poor decision away from being in the final in nineteen, so eighteen, nineteen, twenty. They they like Crow Park and they play well in Crow Park, so maybe they're they're waiting for this complete team performance, you know, which maybe yeah. we just haven't seen from for for a 60, 65 minute period at the weekend. So. Like to answer your question, are Watford set up to try and take them on? I think Watford are full of confidence at the moment and they've great momentum behind them and they will feel, and Mikey Beavens will feel as the coach, that they are set up and like, will they do something a little bit different? Sure, they'll have to, you know, as, yeah. as the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. So there, there will have to be some kind of... Uh, some kind of trick up the sleeve for the Watford lads to, to, to take on Limerick and try and play a game where they get Limerick to change rather than the way it is now, Mike, is everybody plays a game on Limerick's terms and yes, they have exactly. to change yeah. trying to suit them, like, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I think you explained it in the way I was trying to ask it arseways, but if Death Dog <laughs> or not, call it. I, I just I, I just think Limerick are awesome. I, I really, really do. And uh, I just think if they, if they click as a unit and, you know, even if 11 or 12 of them play well, Mm. their bench will come on and finish the job so for me it's going to be Limerick maybe by four or five points yeah you have to go with with the team that are at their best could be unbeatable you have to go for it don't you you have to think that it could be them on the day but um we're half an hour in here we haven't even talked about Cork and Kilkenny it's like you know there's so much I think there's probably less there Uh, for me with Cork is like you know We'll probably take more out of the Clare game than we will out of the Dublin game. No disrespect to Dublin, I think they did a good job. But one thing that they have found through the the qualifiers or whatever they're called these days is probably cemented a little bit of trust in a lot of the t- the players that that Kingston probably brought through during the league. That you know they scored a lot of goals and they played some exciting hurling and they were up and down. And you're just wondering, 
come championship time, will Jack O'Connor get real time? Will Barrett, all these guys, you know, coming through, will um, even just positional changes, like you using Luke Mead the way they've been using him this year, you know, that we might not have seen before. So even experienced guys, goalkeeper, we mentioned already, you know, I feel that there's a little bit more trust there now. And there's a kind of a sense of these guys are, this is the team we have and we'll play to their strengths and we'll go out and give it everything, you know? Yeah, like it's just it's just looking back through the through the results, like down through the years, like say Cork's last win was in 2013 in Turles today, like over over Kilkenny in the championship. Um, if you remember that day, I think Henry, I think I Henry do. got sent off that day actually. Yeah. And uh, but, and and in the 20 and in the last time they played in in Crow Park 2019 quarter final, Cork scored 319, but 310 came from Horgan. Now, I think Cork are, are so different since that, in that there, there isn't the same reliance on Pat Horgan, nowhere near the same reliance on Pat Horgan scoring-wise compared to what there was in 2019 when he, when he scored 310 and that unbelievable goal off his knees. Like, Cork don't need Pat Horgan to score 310 now. They just need him to, you know, tip him in a few points. He takes watching no matter what he does. Even the score he got against the last day, a great image of it there, you know, off the knees as well. He's just, a, he, he's just one of those players that... You know, it's like, you know, knowing Father Ted where he tells Dougal go out and mind the corner flag. Like, if Pat Horgan goes out to mind the corner flag, he still takes watching and someone has to go over and stand beside him. You know, that's the type of player he is. That's the genius of a hurler that he is. And I thought he was I thought he was brilliant the last day, you know. So, but they're not dependent on him, like, you know. And the other thing for me is the character they've shown in the in the last two games for me. Like, I was in at the game against Clare. Clare came back at him, went to point up to Mid Ryan. Cork's response was to score the next 1-5 in the game. Yeah. Outscore clear 1-5 to a point. Now, obviously, coming into stoppage time, Tony gets a penalty. But if that was Cork teams of, of before, like they, they might have just fell apart and say, oh, this is us now, we're, we're out again, you know. And th- their, their response was brilliant. The last day against Dublin, Dublin clipped off four points in a row, starting to bring it back in. The next four scores after that then, Cork get them. And, and yeah. they, they just kill off the game as a contest. So what I'm trying to say here is Cork... We're seeing a character in the Cork team that maybe we haven't seen, and we're seeing a work rate and a hunger, and you know, like it's typified like by, by Tim O'Mahony, the way he's first of all he's he's been a real tenacious defender, the way he's going forward, the goal he got against the last day, you know, I thought he I thought he was brilliant against Limerick even, you know, I thought he did a great job, um, Mark and Tom Morrissey that day, and, and was sending out a message, was giving a few giving a few dunts, you know, and it was saying, look, we're not the soft touch you think you are. You know, I think Downey at three has been phenomenal. I think, you know, there are two cornerbacks, especially Sean O'Donoghue, who has been immense, like marked mm. three guys against Clare, was 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 brilliant the last day against Dublin as well and did everything right. So there is that, there's that tightness and that bit of steel in the Cork defence that we maybe haven't seen before. Luke Mead is doing a lot of work midfield, allowing Fitzgibbon to get up and down more. But up yeah. front, there isn't that reliance on Horgan. And I think that's massive for him. But all being said... Cody's record in semi-finals is looking at it. I think this is his 21st. He's only lost three. Uh, lost to Galway in 0-1, Galway 0-5, and lost to Watford last year. Cody knows how to win semi-finals. And as we were talking, Mike, beforehand, nobody's given him any credit for being an all-out semi-final. They're giant league champions. They're Leinster champions. Defeated Wexford after extra time. Defeated Dublin in the Leinster final. I just They're probably wondering, what do we have to do before we get a bit of credit here? But I think that suits this group and Cody down to the ground. They're coming in in it. You know, I'm sure the group is buzzing as well. And lads that, you know, even like look at James Maher, not really a household name. Phenomenal last day on Danny Sutcliffe, I thought, in the, in the Leinster final. And the, and the bench as well, like they're probably finishing the games with, the, with, their, with stronger than what they're starting because of the bench they have. So, and I think it's 2004 is the last time Kilkenny lost to Cork in Crow Park. So look, I'm sure all these things will be mentioned going around heads and everything, but 
you know, it's it's yeah. it's it's just it's just going to be it's going to be a real really interesting tie. Like for me, Mike, I I just feel Kilkenny, they're just so good at semi final stage. Cody is so good at them. As I said, twenty one only last three of them, and I think there's a great group there and a great panel there. And I I I know I know it's even enough, you know, um, with the bookies wise, you know. I know you're talking about that, but. For me, I, I I just I do give Kilkenny the edge in this, like yeah, uh, I, I really do like. Like I don't, I think I think you're right about them not getting enough credit. I also don't think maybe we're talking about them enough in general. I don't mean those specifically, but you know, he's built another team there, kind of like quietly. You know, if you think that you know uh, Connor Fogarty, um, Killian Buckley, Walter Walsh, you're saying that maybe they're the strongest players coming up, but they're all coming off the bench, you know. And the guys who are starting for them, they've kind of quite like. Everybody, you know, just if you're looking from afar, you're still thinking, ah, yeah, TJ Reid and, you know, one or two more there. And, you know, there's there's lads coming through like Mullen maybe or something like that. But if you think of uh, Donnelly, if you think of uh, Cody, you know, that there's a serious forward line there that's right. They haven't done it yet. But you're thinking talent-wise and potential-wise, that's up there with the forward line of the team of 10, 15 years ago. You know, like, we obviously it's a big step between potential and actually getting the job done. And then in the backs, I feel like it's the same thing. And you think of the form of somebody like, you know, Hugh Lawler, Paddy Deegan, these guys have been there for a while. Oh, Murphy's probably the best goalkeeper in the country, but there's guys there. I just think that are just like, there isn't really weak links in the Kilkenny team. I think for the last five, six years, or well, maybe it's a bit less than that. They've won in all Ireland in that time. But at the same time, you're trying to think of like, this isn't what they were because they're carrying maybe one or two. I feel like at this stage now there, there's there's twenty guys who are going to make a difference, uh, are going to like step up to the mark. They can afford one or two non-performances because yeah. they're all good enough. Yeah. Well, how can I how can I make a comparison for you, so Mike? Right, 10, 15 years ago, right, and you you step onto the field and you look at the Kilkenny forward line, and it's Eddie Brennan, Henry Shefflin, Owen Larkin, Richie Power, Taggy Fogarty. I'm probably leaving out, I'm leaving out some greats there now, like, right? Okay. So they probably had you bet before the ball was thrown in. Whereas nowadays people feel they're stepping onto a field and they look around and go, right, Master Kyohan, right? He doesn't have he doesn't have too many all-stars. Donnelly, uh, Owen Cody, Adrian Mullen. Okay, obviously T is gonna take mine. And next thing, they just blow you out of the water. Like the comparison is that years ago, like there might have been a massive fear factor because of who you were playing yes. against. You know, Mick Finley, midfield, Tommy Welch, JJ Delaney, Brian Hogan, Jackie Tyrrell. How do you break these lads down? Whereas now people, teams are going in and going, hold on a second, these are only young lads. Some of them, you know, James Mar, I don't know much about him. Blanchfield, don't know much about him. Hugh Lawler, I don't know too much about him. And next thing, Kilkenny, they're going out and they're winning consistently like in the league, in the championship. So for me, that's where we go back to maybe the credit thing or maybe there's not the same fear factor, but but teams are finding out after 10 or 15 minutes, this is a serious group, lads. You know, mm. we have to give these lads a bit more respect. like, And they, they are gaining that respect. But I suppose the, the respect that the group, that the generation, the greatest hurling team of all time, in my opinion, had, they were getting it before the ball is turned in. Whereas now it's taken teams maybe 20, 25 minutes to realise, geez, that's own Cody can win his own ball. Adrian Mullen can win his own ball. Massey Kyohan can win ball. John Donnelly can win ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. and it's nearly, it's nearly too late then. Like, but I, I think they are gaining that respect. Like, to get to the level of their, their predecessors, like, um, 10 years ago, I suppose it, the only way they'll, they'll, they will get there, I suppose, is, is by lifting Lee McCarthy yeah. a few times. But I think as a group, Mike, I think they're a serious group. I think the Hugh Lawler one in specifically thought he was immense in the Leinster final. The question for me was, would he, would he have been as instrumental, maybe if Ronan Hayes could play the game? 
because of the type of player Ronan Hayes mm-hmm. is. And I think there's a big, big test coming for him now this weekend. And will he, will he be detailed to Mark Patrick Horgan? Um, you know, will he be detailed maybe to Mark Shane Kingston? Be interesting to see the kind of challenge that's going to come at him at the weekend and how he'll handle that and elevate his status to one of the top fullbacks in the country uh, even further. Like. Yeah, and that's what Cork have is is a kind of an options that maybe Kilkenny haven't faced yet in the forwards. There's a, the question here from Paul as to who will mark Jack O'Connor, you know, that yeah. he's a joy to watch and, and might expose weak links in the Kilkenny defence. And that's you think of Kingston, you think of Connor, you think of Horgan, all different matchups for the for the full back line to worry about. And you know, Wexford probably have that talent wise, but weren't we were probably playing Rory O'Connor inside in his own for most of that match. And look, they absolutely caused Kilkenny problems, but and then Dublin were you know, they were just so impotent by the fact of everything that happened um, before the match. You know, there is, there is, as we've talked about Cork and what they have in their attack, but it is a variation as well that could kind of cause Kilkenny some problems. Yeah, I think the Jack O'Connor one is very interesting because Jack O'Connor is the type of player that, you know, he, to look at him, he's not to see, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's picked up three yellow cards in the last two games, yeah. you know, and he's he's well able to mind himself and he's well able to to give it out if he has to, which is, goes away from the traditional corner forward maybe we're used to seeing, small, nippy, Shawnee McGrath, Joe Dean type of guy that Jack O'Connor is the kind of guy to say, lads, get the ball into me. I don't mind. And his first choice is always, I want to go. Yeah. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And he's, he's going head down. Now, if the pint is the best thing to do, he'll take it. But the first thing he wants to do is get it in his hand and go. So I think maybe Kilkenny are looking at that to say, right, who do we have pedals-wise here to, to keep up with him? And for me, I thought that maybe someone like James Maher with the job he did and Danny Sutcliffe following him around, you know, athletic ability-wise, he could be a guy that they might look to to say, look, there's going to be a bit of space in front of you, but we have the confidence in you to do it. And you're going to go out, you're going to win the ball, and maybe that'll allow Parik, free Parik Welsh up to do a bit more hurling and a bit more, you know, distribution of the ball. But, you know, I, I think that, I think Jack O'Connor has been just revelation there for him. We all knew what he was doing with Sarsfield there the last few years, underage for Cork as well. But he's really, really stepped up this year. And just the way he even rounded, rounded Rory Hayes even, you know, like Rory Hayes, yeah. top, one of the top cornerbacks in the country, just rounded him, left him for dead, off the hurley, bang, top of the net. Next yeah. ball he got, put a tap, roll the bar, no, I want another goal. So that'll be very interesting to see who picks him up. And maybe it will be a... A, a James Maher type figure because I feel maybe Paddy Deegan is more of that that raw type defender but he mightn't have the pedals for Jack O'Connor in the space that is Crow Park so it'll be very interesting to see what way Cork plays will they leave him inside and uh, try and um, you know isolate him with one of the Kilkenny guys and who Cody will detail to, to pick him up as well so look the matchups around the field will be will be absolutely fascinating as well and just the Kilkenny midfield, Mike. I know we're we don't want to, we're running out of time probably no no you're fine you're fine take like, your time we're not on the clock I'm looking, I'm looking at the Kilkenny midfield. Their two midfielders have been taken off. Both midfielders taken off for the last two games. Their midfield has never started and finished the game. Now, maybe midfielders can't do that, but I'm looking at Dara Fitzgibbon and Luke Mead, who are starting and finishing all the games for Cork. They have great partnerships. So that's, that's an area of the field that, that Cork could look to, 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 you know, to, make, to make hay from as well, with Fitzgibbon maybe chipping in with two or three points from play, which he, which he does like. Yeah, Jack Nolte saying 50-50, I fancy Kilkenny's physicality might so. Um, Attitude might wear Cork down two or three points, but Cork have the talent, no doubt. On the Mead and Fitzgibbon finishing every game midfield, it's, it brings up a point. We talked all the way through the qualifiers how difficult the route it is this year with the condensed championship, playing every single week. There's a momentum there for sure, absolutely, but we've seen it that, you know, um, Clare fell on the third week. Uh, Waterford are... are 
you know, they're they're going for four weeks now. But I suppose I I I don't mean to be disparaging. The leash is still a championship game, and they still they still gave it everything. But I thought they were tired at the end of the game. But it still wasn't quite the top top level, I suppose, in the way that Cork have come through about the Clare match and the Dublin match. And I just wonder, does that is that this week with Limerick and Kilkenny having very very normal schedule as opposed to every other team who've been just like flat out how much that's going to come into things yeah i suppose look freshness yeah i suppose it will like i thought i thought cork were cork won the match pulling up against dublin the last day i don't think they would have yeah. Yeah. suspended anywhere as much energy as they had to try and get the clear result out of the way so i think that, that 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 they'll be fine going into it i think Watford, you know might be a bit more lag but as i said already i think they're so the the age profile of the team of the group i think you know i think that they'll be absolutely they'll be buzzing for it i don't think i don't think it will be an issue with them um i think that they have it in the legs that they would have recovered very very well and recovery was the main word that lean cahill used after the tip game is we have to recover we have to recover and that's i'd say they hardly even poked the ball this week they maybe might do a sharp session maybe tonight or tomorrow night mike you know um in preparation for saturday but like i suppose you imagine what was going on in a versus b in limerick and in the kilkenny camps the last couple of weeks yeah we're talking we're talking about panels i'd say they're absolutely hopping off each other like i mean you look at like David Reedy, Carl O'Neill, these kinds of guys in Limerick, Pat Ryan, I'm sure they're saying, like, what do we have to do to get on the team here? And then you're looking like, well, the guy that's keeping you out is Peter Casey, who scored five points and played the last day. So let's see what you've got. Here's your point. Here's your chance to prove the Kilkenny A versus B games are legendary at this stage. Like I'm sure Wally Walsh is there wondering, Jill Brian, what, what do I have to do here? Like I'm one of your tried and trusted down through the years, but I'm sure he's saying, look, I want to finish the game with my best team. But look, if you're going well enough, we've seen Cody reward players year in, year out who are going well yeah. in So you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't get the same buzz or the same feel as championship action, but I'm sure Limerick and Kenny are trying to have as close as they can uh, internally in A versus B the last few weeks. So, look, I think, I think Water will be fine. And I, and I do honestly feel that Cork won the match pulling up against Dublin, that, that energy-wise, they'll be fine as well for the, for the weekend. Like, I want to stop you on the A, A versus B games, though, because I'm sure you've been there. You've gone through the Munster route and you've waited around for the semi-final. It used to be worse than it is now. Kilkenny, well used to it, and Limerick are kind of getting there as well. And 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 like I think it's about kind of like you'll be there at the end of the game if you're still in it because you'll have the fresher legs, but it's about starting at that full intensity when a team has been going through it. But how much are they... You can't recreate championship, but also you don't want to go out and kill each other and you know put... Like you know, a full ch- you don't want to put too much out of your legs either. Like you know, you want to use your break for you. I just I'm fascinated by those A versus B games. You talk about them being legendary, but I kind of feel like nobody actually they are quite literally legendary. We don't really know anything about them. No. Are they full on matches? Are they like is it yeah. score kept? How does it work? Yeah, uh, most most of the most of the top team most of the top um, the top top teams Mike would take them very very serious. And from my own personal experience and from talking to other guys from other counties, how serious is it taken? Will it be behind closed doors anyway? First of all, it, it, it might be, say, in Tipperary's case, in, in Simple Stadium. Um, in, in Cork's case, it might be down in Parky Creek, Kenny's Place, also in Olin Park, Limerick Gaelic Grounds. Closed doors, nobody's in there watching. Um, you know, the top managers who are always on about the one percenters, they'll try and replicate everything you know, before the game, like say if it's an all in a final, you might see teams actually doing the parade beforehand. It might be lining up Mariette to meet the president, you know, you know, you hear of all these things so that you're making it more familiar and more familiar. You know, some, some groups might try and recreate the noise of Crow Park as well through PA systems. And, you know, this goes on in other sports as well. And, 
you, you see the top managers and the top coaches trying to do all these one percenters and the game itself then is is ref properly there's there'd probably be umpires at the game the ref would probably be you know a top inter-county referee or you know a top inter-county referee from your own county and it's it's done to the t you know the water breaks will come into it they'll be exactly a minute they'll come out the the puck outs won't be allowed to be taken too quickly so i think it's a test it's a sign of how good the group is in the a versus b games that a lot of the time if the group is really ticking and really purring you'll find that the b's are nearly beating the a team and i think that's a sign of teams Eric manager wants to start with one team but probably wants to finish with his best team and jim gavin always used that terminology didn't he of starters and finishers no subs yeah. anymore starters and finishers and i think that's what you have nowadays with top inter-county panels hurling football ladies football camogie that you will see more often than not the best team will actually finish the game rather than start the game the starting team will do a job 45 46 minutes right let's get the guys on who are absolutely lifting inside and training who are pushing these guys to the max to be as good as they can and i i, I just i see it there a lot you know that the, a really good group will have their b team pushing their a team all the way uh, week mm. in week out and that's as john kiley says it as well as all the top managers say the reason they're so good is because of the guys who weren't even hardly able to talk out today and that's that's what makes a great group like yeah that's fascinating stuff for some reason i always just assume even when you're reading it in autobiographies and all i'm still thinking of as just like end the train and old school kind of line up here lads and we'll we'll play 15 minutes and the the manager throws it in the middle himself you know i think that might be a bit dated. no absolutely not no and lads are absolutely hopping off each other but you know as i said a good sign of a group as well it's left on the pitch lads will do what they have for the group but that's it when the game is over that's it you know there's there's no bad feelings carried uh, over the white lines you know so if we were to, when we talk at 12 o'clock on Monday on the show, you're thinking that we're probably looking at a Limerick-Kilkenny final, if you were, if, if I was yeah. to, if you were to call the deaf dog. God, if it's a hard one to call, like the deaf dog, yeah. Look, I I, I would, personally. I'd feel Limerick-Kilkenny double. Uh, hasn't been going great now <laughs> with the tips at the, at the present. What are for the court to be delighted? <laughs> I, have more, I have more losses than wins, you know, with, 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 with lads at the moment. So look, I... I just feel Lyric are coming in in a good place. Um, I haven't seen the full team performance from him yet for 60, 65 minutes. I think it's coming in Crow Park. And I think Kilkenny, serious, serious group, you know, they're, they know how to win semifinals. This group knows how to win semifinals. Fascinating to see what TJ is going to do. Will he be in the half forward line or will Brian Cody say in and top of Downey? Let's see what he's made of. And will Sean O'Donoghue pick up on Cody as well? Looking forward to that one so much. So but I just feel Kilkenny are just going about edge it so Limerick Kilkenny double uh <laughs> maybe everyone should back watch for Cork double <laughs> that's if that's the case so look yeah that's 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 what I'm taking for the weekend Mike lovely well listen it's uh Waterford and Limerick on Saturday at five o'clock Crow Park you'll be there on RT uh, radio yeah. commentary and then on Sunday we've got Cork and Kilkenny the old firm uh the classic uh lineup uh 3.30 on um Sunday so can't wait for that fascinating insight as always Shane McGrath we'll talk to you Monday thanks a million cheers Mike thanks a Thanks again to Shane. Um, don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, please do download and subscribe. Um, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube if you're, or if you're listening on the podcast, obviously, please do so and leave a comment with us as well. Um, we'll be back on Monday, as I said, with Shane. And we'll also look ahead to the football semifinals with Darren O'Sullivan. He'll be joining us then. Um, up next, we're, or in a couple of minutes, we're going to guess the handicaps for both groups of semifinals, hurling and football 
with uh, Gary and PJ. But before we do that, Finch, who's been guiding us through the GEA summer with his uh, with his little pop videos, is going to bring us 22 phrases that every GEA fan needs to know. If you want to be considered a true GAA fan, then you have to get deeply invested into the minefield of GAA phraseology. You need to learn the lingo, know the lingo, use the lingo, be the lingo, become the lingo. We got 22 GAA phrases that you gotta know. Around the panel, a term reserved for a club player called up to county level but never stuck around. Wiry, reserved for a corner forward that is impossible to keep tabs on. The town end, because no matter how rural a pitch, there's always an urban centre behind one of the goals. Third man tackle, you might think it's three lads in a challenge but no, it's an off the ball tackle. Dirty ball, when it's in the centre of the park and you don't know who's in possession, there's just bodies on bodies. One hand, the exclamation of all players when they have a foul given against them. Two hands, the exclamation of supporters when lads go up to try catch a ball with only one hand. Ratified, only ever used in the English language when lads are appointed as manager of a GAA team. Post, the only heckle allowed for goalkeepers when lads are lining up to take a free. Shamozzle, handbags, a bit of carry-on, and more and it becomes shameful scenes. Parallelogram, formal way of saying rectangle, basically just the box. The square, that's the small parallelogram, or rectangle, in the box. Are you confused? And other. A term managers put on the team sheet when they hadn't thought of who was going to play at the weekend. Top of the left or the right. This is just another term for a corner forward. On the 40 he describes a centre half forward but much like most of these terms doesn't really make sense. In shy, A waterlogged or damaged pitch due to adverse weather conditions. One is. An exalted exclamation from a supporter when things just aren't going their way. A good man to break up play is a compliment given to a lad who puts in effort but is absolutely muck. Shown the line. This is just another way to say someone received a red card. Physicality. Just that one word that's used by traditionalists to say that the game's gone soft. A coming team. A group who have ran big boys close or have had underage success in the past. A dummy team is a team named during the week by a manager even though he knows for sure it won't start at the weekend. Okay, brilliant stuff from Finch there as always. Call a deaf dog not in there, unfortunately, but our, our, uh, like a deaf dog, hard to call. I, I can't believe I messed it up after we used it 50 times there. Um, I can't believe you let the spiritual leader. I mean, like it's... Uh... <laughs> he only had time for 22, PJ. <laughs> I know you've probably done a 67 list somewhere before. On 76, pick. I think you'll find the list of 76 uh, phrases on. Uh, PJ and Gary are with us, the guest of handicaps as usual. We're going to do this is the last guest of handicaps until we do the All Ireland finals. We're going to get both of them out of the way for the next two weeks. So we'll have uh, we'll guest the handicap for the All Ireland finals and we'll have a few other little things in there as well when we come back in a couple of weeks. But we're going to get the football and hurling um, done this week, lads. Gary is the champ. Here's the fixtures. Uh, it's Limerick Waterford, Kilkenny Cork, as we already talked about. But what a football lineup because we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Dublin versus Mayo, Kerry versus Tyrone. You couldn't have asked for more. Uh, I have to say, I am buzzing for all four of these games. Yeah, yeah PJ is the champ, actually. By the way, Mick, for don't don't get that mixed up. Did I win four? I thought, you, I thought you won it back last week, Gary. No, he he hammered me last week, didn't he? Four nil. Yeah, that was the week before, wasn't it? PJ, you must know. 
I can only remember my 4-0 victory. Okay. Well, I, 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 I've got the type of mind for that. I, I don't remember the losses, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I have a tendency to dream about the guest the handicap slot as well, so maybe I, maybe I mixed it up. Okay. Well, <laughs> then, PJ, for this incredible round of fixtures, we're going to go in order. So we're going to start with uh, Saturday's game between Waterford and uh, Tip. It's been confirmed that PJ is the champ and that I have, I for as always, get to the end of the show and completely mess up this slot. But, uh, PJ, you are the champ, which means you get the choice of whether you want to go first for Tip and Waterford or whether you want to let Gary have the honour? Uh, I'll go first for Tip and Waterford. Okay, you'll first, go first. Uh, Waterford and Limerick, I think you mean. Yes, I do. Waterford and Limerick, <laughs> yeah, Tip are out. Uh, I, I, I cannot no more mistakes. I've drawn a line under it. <laughs> Long day. Uh, I, I can't wait for this game. I, I think this is going to be a cracking game. I think we'll probably see the All-Ireland champions from this game. Um, well, I, th- I thought Waterford were, were, were excellent against Tipperary in the last round. Like, 325 in play is was it's just sensational. It really was. Um, they've got they've got threats all over the pitch now. Like they had what, 13 scores in all, uh, four players scoring one three. Um, yeah, it, like they 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 look like they have found like a, a midfield partner for Barron now and Peter Hogan. Like after trying out several players there. It uh, looks like it's a set position for Austin Leeson, I hope. I Well, I, I'd like to see him kind of staying around where he is there at the moment anyway. Um, yeah, uh, like, we, like we, I, th- I think that Limerick will be favourites, but I, I'm really interested to see what Waterford do. I, I think they could really, really give him a game. Um, like, a, obviously, like a, a replay last year's all final. Uh, yeah. Limerick, Waterford won this game in, in the league. Wouldn't be sure how much that means. Um, yeah, like fourth week out in a row for for Waterford. I think that like it, it it's definitely a factor because but like they're such a young team, um, and they've been getting better. Like they they really have been getting better, especially the last few games. I didn't think much of them after that leash game. I mean, like I was just thought, well, they they haven't really built on last year, but against Galway and Tipperary, they were, they were superb. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really excited to see what they can do in this game, but yeah. I think Limerick will be favourites. I'm going to say Limerick minus five. Actually, can I change that? Limerick minus four. Limerick minus four. <laughs> okay, Limerick minus four. Yeah, like I, in a weird way, like this is they played in the Munster final last year, they played in the All Ireland final, now they're playing in the semi final. It's like Waterford have to win this one and it has the potential to be an incredible rivalry because they're young enough to challenge Limerick on. But if I kind of feel like if Limerick win this again, Waterford are in a weird way, despite being probably the story of the season. By the time we're talking, we're looking back on it, they'll be kind of a non-factor. This is a huge game for Waterford. Yeah, and whoever wins between Kilkenny and Cork will have a bit of dressing room wall material there from PJ Brown anyway to say that the winner is definitely coming for this semi-final. But uh, yeah, like like you're saying, because Waterford, Waterford are a great story and everyone's like praising Waterford, but then you kind of get the feeling too that no, I'm not saying nobody's going to give them a chance, but I'd say there'd be very few people that would actually tip them to beat Limerick this weekend. Uh, and like... It, it, to be fair, it is pretty much impossible to back against them because we've seen what the what they do to teams, even when they don't play well necessarily for half the game or more. So, I think obviously Limerick will be favourites. Minus four is probably about right. I'd say minus five. I'll go for just because I think that's more likely than minus three. Maestro, please reveal the. Uh, <laughs> 
For those listening on the podcast and not on the video, it is Linux minus five. PJ nailed it and then changed his mind, <laughs> forcing Gary into the right answer. <laughs> So uh, you should, John. You should have done there. You should have let Gary go first. Uh, Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we don't know. Gary could have gotten minus five. I say Gary would have gotten minus five. <laughs> I, I don't know what would have went for it. To be honest, PJ, I'm not. I'm holding my cards close to my chest. <laughs> Limerick minus five is high, I would say, but you know, you probably think fair. And again, if Limerick are winning late in the game, you think there is a potential for Lim for them to stretch away there, given it'll be very hard for Waterford with the four weeks in a row to keep the legs going in the last five minutes if it doesn't feel like the game's on. Um, so that's something, I think, for people to watch out for as well. Cork and Gilkenny then. Uh, Gary, you're up with this one. Um, Cork, three weeks in a row for them. Uh, as Shane was mentioned there a few minutes ago, they were probably pulling up against Dumbledon at the end. But Gilkenny have been waiting in the wings since a fairly handy Leinster final win against um against Dublin but we kind of forget that like you know the last time we seen them in full flow it seems like so long ago now especially in the short season was that brilliant match in extra time against Wexford yeah uh Kenny and Cork in the latter stages of the All-Ireland Championship it's like 2005 all over again but uh yeah. it's 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 an interesting game because they didn't like, play in 2005 though 2004 yeah. <laughs> Galway that... shocked Kenny in one of <laughs> Brian Cody's three All-Ireland semi-final defeats ever well, there, I should have been listening closer to Shane, but uh, I, I like. Come on. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think this game's kind of been overlooked just because of the fact that the other one is looks so exciting, and like I think a lot of people are kind of presuming that the winners of the All Ireland will come from that one, like PJ. But um, I don't know with this game, like you just I, you just can't see Kilkenny losing an All Ireland semi final, can you? Like to Cork against whatever but like I know Waterford lost uh, like caught them on the hop a little bit last year but I think they're going to be right up for this and I just Brian Cody you know like Shane was saying what 18 All-Ireland finals lost or semi-finals lost three so, so I don't know I think Kilkenny will be favourites handicap I'm going to say Kilkenny minus four okay Kilkenny minus four. To be fair to Gary PJ, just because I, I had that dig, it was like uh, they, that was the only year of four that uh, they didn't play each other in the All Ireland final. <laughs> so they were, you're right in that it was kind of 2005 ish all over again. Yeah. Not quite that exact year. <laughs> fair enough. I'll take that. Yeah. I, I, I think that this, this is, I actually find this a very hard game to call. Um, I think Cork have improved, not to the same level that Waterford, that, that, Cork have improved through the year. Not that this, they haven't taken that same jump that Waterford have taken in the last few games, but they still look good. Like uh, the defense is playing quite well. Patrick Collins, the keeper, like debut season, yeah. I, I think he's starting to. He's he's looking like he's going to he's like a good replacement for Anthony Ash in the long term. His puckouts have definitely improved. I think he's pulled off a couple of good saves here and there. Uh, like in, in defense, like O'Donoghue, Tim O'Mahony, or Downey, they're all playing well. Um, like that that game against that's it. That game against Dublin. Like I wasn't that impressed by them. Like yeah. I, I do wonder if Dublin had Owen O'Donnell in defence, like they, they might, they might not. Those goals might not have been scored. I, like I, I'm not so sure. Like like Owen O'Donnell is probably the best fullback in the game, and like you're missing him, he makes such a big, he's such a big loss for Dublin. Um, like I, Kilkenny is interesting. I think they're, they're like still like evolving a little bit. You were talking about how they they, they, they slowly bring these kind of new players onto the panel, and maybe you don't even realise it. I mean, like. They they they've got a, that evolution as well that every team is kind of adding that scorer from the half back line now you like you have to have threats everywhere and Kenny have kind of added like James Maher who didn't even start against Wexford came off the bench 
score two points, score two, three points against Dublin. Uh, that's like an, another interesting step, I think, for Kilkenny. I, I, I don't think, I think Gary went way too high here. I, th- I think it's probably closer to like Kilkenny minus one, but I, I'm just going to, I'm going to play the game and you hear Gary and I'm going <laughs> to take Kilkenny minus three. I had a word with Shane before because I actually think this is a talking point, but I had to say, look, we have, we can allude to it, but we can't give it away because the lads are waiting. It is, PJ's going to get the point. It is a scratch oh. game. It is, oh. uh, you, you could get, uh, you could get the two, two teams are both evens to win the game. You can get Cork minus one on a kind of an alternative handicap, but it is for all intents and purposes a no handicap game, which I have to say, and we're, that's what we're talking about underrating Kilkenny with Shane is like, I don't know if Cork have done enough for that yet. Now, we'll see how it goes. You can even tip Cork to win and still, I think, expect Kilkenny to be favourites, you know? And I think they, in some ways, they deserve it. So, be interesting to see um, whether that's, you know, a, uh, you know, what kind of a prophecy that is. Um, two great games to look forward to at the weekend. If you missed earlier on the show, if you're joining us live, Shane McGrath and myself uh, looked ahead to um, both of them for a good 45-minute conversation that you can go back and listen to uh, once this uh, show is finished. Or you can search the podcast, uh, just search GA Embedded at Balls.ie and you will find it there. Now, under the football, lads, we've got a we've got a bit of breathing space before these games come. Uh, football teams get rests that hurling teams don't. And, uh, in fact, two weeks off for uh, the likes of Kerry and Mayo, which is kind of unbelievable in this uh, championship. But Dublin versus Mayo... Kerry versus Throne, it's the semi-finals I think everybody wanted in a way. And it's no offence to, you might have wanted Galway to win their individual kind of final. You might have wanted Monaghan to win. But when it comes to the actual overall picture, these are the fixtures we want. Dublin and Mayo, PJ, it's one all here. Um, yeah. You know, this is last year's All-Ireland final. Many years All-Ireland final. We are talking about different teams, though, than 16 and 17 when this was the most thrilling rivalry in Irish sport. We're away from that. You know, they've met the last two years, but it feels like Mayo on the up, Dublin on the decline. Is it enough to is it enough to arrest the difference that we had just what was it, six months ago when we had seven or eight months ago when we had the All Ireland final? Yeah. Like I, I think Dublin are def- they're they're like they're what we've seen so far, they're definitely not as uh as effective a team as they were like in December. I, I I'm not quite sure. Why that is you could see in the like the game against Kildare there was just like there were so many mistakes that you would, wouldn't have even seen like last year just like there was block shots shots drop shorts like bad just like bad shot selection that you wouldn't have you certainly wouldn't have seen under Jim Gavin and they probably crept in now like I I don't I, maybe there's a little bit of you know, when they were playing or Jim Gavin I mean like it seemed like it was such a high um such a high intensity like he demanded so much of players maybe when he lives leaves you kind of you know you you have there has to be like probably naturally a little bit of a drop in the level of players demand from themselves they're obviously still like really really good players it'll be interesting to see what what, what the Dublin line, lineup is like because I think John Small back from a hamstring injury like a really important player for them he played 40 minutes but I, I think it was like a he went off with a cut against his eye or Merchant came on yeah um, like, I think in that first half, if if Dublin play like they did in that first half against uh, Kildare, I think Mayo would have beaten them. If they'd been playing Mayo that day, Mayo would have beaten them. Like, Kildare didn't quite have, they, they, they weren't as uh, as kind of consistent a team as kind of, you know, as kind of Mayo will be. 
Um, in the second half, I think Dublin missed nine shots in that first half of the 18, I think, and they only missed one shot in the second half. So there was definitely like a word ahead there. There was stuff was sorted out. Um, like really impressive Mayo so far. Like they, they've so many yeah. players that are playing well, like Ruan, O'Shea, Mullen. Um, like the, the forwards have kind of stepped up. They they haven't like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that they've they've they don't have their best forward in in Killing O'Connor. Yeah. Um, some of favourites, I still think. I'm going to say Dublin minus three. Dublin minus three. Okay. It's funny Mayo building. It, it, there's sort of two new teams been built here, and it's it, it's quiet in a way. In Mayo, you wouldn't think like I was just looking at it. Like if you think Kevin McGoughlin came on at halftime the last day, it was like him, Aidan O'Shea, uh, Keegan, and Dermot O'Connor. I think I might be missing one, but they were the only ones that were st- that were left over from the that kind of 16, 17 team that should have won in All Ireland. You know, they've quietly built a completely new team that are nearly as good. You know, um, uh, Henley and Goal obviously been the other one, and, and and he was normally behind Clark. Um, whereas Dublin, Gary, the difference with them, I think this year is like they've been evolving constantly, and they had that thing where. I always point to Kilkenny when like, when TJ Reid comes into the team as a young lad, it takes him four years to become, he's in and out of the team and you don't realise how good he is until you see him with more responsibility. And Dublin have had constantly lads like that all the way through this. They've evolved all the time. But now it's like, we've got a load of lads coming through and you see their bench that they use against Kildare. Other than Merchant, who would be starting if he was fully fit, you're thinking, I don't know much about these guys. It's not as if they, it's not like before where they've been around for four, four or five years and we've seen enough of them to know these will be good when they get a bit of responsibility and you trust them. We actually just don't know what these guys they could end up being great, but they've way less, um, they've way less kind of like you know to their name. We don't, I, I'm sure that Dublin are going to step this up the way everybody assumes they will now that they're out of Leinster. I yeah, can't like, see it. I don't understand why they're going to be so much better than they've been for the last three weeks. Like, and like, over the years as well, especially in games against Mayo, how many times have we seen the game be close and then Dublin go and have an explosive yeah. 10 minutes and bang on, you know, throw on one or two subs, score two or three, two, three in space, 10 minutes, win the game, and that's it. You can't really see them doing that at the, like this time. Like the game against Kildare, their forward line was so... I don't know, lacked luster, lacked energy. I don't know what it was. It was just, it was, it just was, it was kind of boring to watch, you know. And it's never something that you'd associate with Dublin, even in games in the past when Dublin were dominating possession and teams were sitting deep. They'd still be like pinpoint accurate in their passes. Men running off the shoulder. They just wear you down and wear you down. I suppose the difference is now they're trying to do that, but they're also kicking the ball into the goalkeeper's hands at the end of it, or kicking it wide, whereas that would never happen before. So, and I think. Mayo are gonna aren't gonna let Dublin be like ponderous on the ball either. Like they have young backline, their young lads will be mad to get into this game. They're gonna hassle and harry Dublin, so it'll be interesting to see how they react to that because that's not something they would have faced in the championship yet either with the opposition they played in Leinster. So, like, I I think it's a really interesting game. I'd love to see it come down to the last like to the last five ten minutes with a point or two in it either way. Like because like you could just see like anything could really happen from there. Um, I think Dublin will be favourites, obviously, uh, just because they have so much credit in the bank, as they should. Minus three sounds right, but I think the Dublin tax may make it minus four, so I'll go minus four. And PJ said minus three. 
I was yeah. really into the analysis of I forgot about it. And <laughs> look at this. The champ is not giving up his crown easy. It is Dublin minus three. Uh, good comeback so far from PJ. He's actually <laughs> picked all, all three of them, but he just changed his mind on the first one. So uh, moves us on to Kerry Throne. Look, I'm fascinated by the Dublin Mayo match. Uh, we'll talk in detail with Darren O'Sullivan about it um, uh, next Monday. And we'll kind of look forward to it as the week goes on on Balls Ali starting even this weekend. Kerry Throne. Um, Gary, you're up first on this one. I don't know, like Tyrone, you know, you win an Ulster final. I don't know if it requires all that much analysis against a good team like Monaghan. There is plenty of it to, to, to look at. Whereas Kerry, you know, their performance against Cork was so, so good in so many ways. And they blew them out of water by so much that it's like, every, it's like we completely dismissed it. They were so good that it doesn't count. You know? Yeah. That's very true because that would like they were unbelievable in the second half of that game. It was the stuff they were doing up front was frightening. Like the way they were able to transition the ball from you know the half back line into the full forward line in the space of five ten seconds at times. Other times they'd be able to carry it, have lads run off the shoulder like Cork, where it looked like it. It, it honestly looked like a, a senior team in a county playing a minor team. Like it was just men against boys out there. Which is weird because when you consider that the lads in the carry forward line are all about twenty five or younger, so <laughs> it's this game is going to be fascinating. Will like I say Tyrone will try and come out and hit carry hard earlier on and go at pace to try and like test are they red are you know are they battle hardy enough for for a team and uh, like obviously Tyrone have had a much harder route to this point in the championship. So like yeah. I say they will play defensively though because I know Tyrone were getting a bit of praise earlier in the championship for how they're kind of shifted this system, but. I don't think there's much you can do. You kind of have to, against this Kerry team, you you have to stop the ball coming into the full forward line. Now you have Paddy Clifford to worry about as well as the other lad inside. You know, he's the one getting it in there. So I, I, I think Kerry will win, but it will be an interesting test to see if they are where we think they are in terms of, like, is their game in tip-top shape? This will be a real test of that. In terms of the handicap, I think... Minus three for Kerry sounds right, I think. BJRs are, uh, I was thinking that maybe Kerry actually played more games than normal and that they were in the Munster first round this year. I wonder, are they glad of the couple of weeks break so they can have one of the famous A versus B games that we were just <laughs> talking about with uh, Shane? To, to, you know, to seriously, to get like a little bit more of a kind of a test of intensity. You know, they the game was over so early in the Munster final that, you know, you didn't, they don't have the 70 minutes of that under the belt. Don't forget, they did hammer Tyrone in the league. I'm less inclined, I think, to think of that, to worry about that than some people. But, you know, Tyrone have come through uh, a very tough Ulster Championship, as always, um, and come through it well, really, I think, you know. Uh, are you in any way worried? I, no, I don't, I don't think I'm worried, but I think it's going to be a real test of Kerry. Like, I... I that league game, that league game, um, like what did Kerry score? Six fifteen to one. I think Tyrone got one fourteen. Like I, I don't. Tyrone have evolved and have uh, taken a couple of steps forward as a team since then. They, they, they weren't quite. They were, they were trying to be. They were trying to work on their attacking game at that stage. Um, if you were to believe in Fitzmaurice, you would, uh, you would say that uh, Tyrone did a full gym session on the day of the game. So I like I don't know how true that is. Yeah. That and should have been in Finchie's twenty-two phrases, like you yeah. know, that they, they train that the morning. <laughs> I run like, in the park as well, and the gym session. Two training <laughs> sessions for the match. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be reading too much into that in, into that game. Um, like 
this, this is going to sound like a very Kerry man thing to say here. Uh, Kerry won their three monster games by a combined 50 points. But like, while they've looked good, I, I haven't been like, they haven't given a full 70 minute performance yet. I haven't been like super, super impressed with them. But they, they, they beat Clare by 17, they beat Tip by 11, and they beat Cork by 22. But like, it, like remember, they were they were down by six points to Cork in like early on early on that game. Like when when um, Mihaly Le Martin saves that that shot from David Clifford, there was a little bit of a you know deja vu back to um, back to last November. Uh, oh, like, come on, PJ, it was the second biggest monster final win in history, yeah. the biggest <laughs> in 101 years. I, I, and I you're not think, impressed by them. Um. Like, like, I don't think they've given a seventy-minute performance yet. I, like, yeah, I, but they I, gave a great sixty-minute performance. Yeah. Okay. Look. Look. Yeah. Yes. They, they've. I, I would say they've been very, very good. I just say I haven't been super, super impressed with them yet. I, like, I, I, I don't like. I think they have a lot of. Um, there's still a lot of. They, they, they still have to get better. They're like, this isn't the, like the complete kind of carry team. Like, we haven't seen a complete carry performance yet. Uh, like, they, David Lifford didn't score from play against Cork, no. and. Uh, like which I think Podrick Amphi in this game is go- he's going to be studying what Sean Meehan did to David Clifford there, how, how he kept the he, Clifford got a p- one point from a free. Um, like, I, I, th- I think they'll also be looking at kind of what Brian Hurley did to Jason Foley and how like how, how they did kind of damage to them early on. They did put Brina Brigley back, I think, on, on Brian Hurley after that, and he kind of carry uh took control of matters in. Um, it, that game, like the game against Cork as well, I think was interesting that Kerry started with what was essentially three midfielders. They had Dermot O'Connor, uh, Jack Barry, and David Moran. That uh, Dermot O'Connor went off injured. Uh, like it, they would like I, I don't know what the injury situation is with him. He's become like a very very important player for them now. So we'll probably, probably like see out like kind of next week before you know whether whether he'll be as a player or not. Um, yeah, I think Gary went. Kerry minus three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like a little bit closer. I'm going to say Kerry minus two. Oh, no. It is unbelievably, and I suppose why I've been going on so much about uh, um, somebody here saying that Kerry will win by five, Jack Nolte, and he's a lot closer to it, lads. It is Kerry minus six. Dressing room wall or what? That's incredible. I think, that, again, maybe that's why I was going on about the league uh, being a little bit, uh, been taken a little bit too seriously. As I'm frantically going to get a, uh, a tie break here because we don't have one. Okay? <laughs> um, I am going to look for, if I could just give me two seconds. There's an under 20 semi final this weekend, I think, between Down and Ross Common. Yeah. I don't think I've got a handicap on it. I do. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> PJ, considering he bailed us out, gets to pick whether he goes first or second on down versus Roscommon in the under twenties All Ireland semi final. Um, God, uh, I let Gary go first here. God, is that oh, cowardly? I don't know. Thanks for that, Gary. PJ. Who uh, big fan of Roscommon, as we know, Athlone man. <laughs> they, they like both yeah. sides of the bridge. Uh, when you're from Athlone, you're a big fan of both Roscommon and Westmead. That's what I heard, anyway. Yeah, definitely not. But uh, I, I don't know what I know. Uh, Roscommon have been going quite well. Obviously, they won Connacht. <laughs> I like down like that game uh, last week or whenever it was with the, against Monaghan. Obviously, everyone knows the circumstances around that. So, like that would have been a huge emotional drain on not only Monaghan but down as well. So, it'd be interesting to see how teams react. Like, I'm 
I'm kind of shooting in the dark here because obviously I didn't know this was going to come. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm guessing Ulster is stronger than Connacht in general, so I reckon that Down might be favourites because of that. So I'm going to say Down minus one. Okay, PJ. There might uh, not be a lot to say here, but I I, I did watch Ross Common actually. <laughs> they were they were very good. They beat uh, they beat Mayo by seven points in that in mm. that Connacht final. This is a very hard one to call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another death dog on the show. Yeah, um, yeah. See if Gary went down minus one. I'll just go on the other side. I got to say, uh, a de- like I throw out all my knowledge about this game here. A, a down team managed by Connor Laverty. The uh, that's all I know about this down team, really. Apart from that, they beat Monaghan in the semi final. I got to say, Roscommon minus one. Okay, Roscommon minus one. Gary says down minus one, and the winner is. Gary, it's oh. down minus two. Wearing the down colours really came, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that was a lucky coincidence, I would say, on the day. Um, yeah. Right, so our best, best of handicaps, or beat the handicaps, best of handicaps of the year, so much from a mistake-free finish to the podcast. Uh, Gary wins it uh, 3-2 after extra time and goes into the All-Ireland Finals with, I'd say, a commanding lead in the series, but it's, it's he who laughs last in this one um so the lads will be back with us in a couple of weeks um we'll be back on monday with a review of the hurling semi-finals with shane and we'll look ahead to the two football semi-finals as we just have we just whetted your added appetite there a little bit we'll have darren on to look ahead to dublin mayo and to Kerry tyrone uh join us then also just um as pj mentioned power campsy there a couple of minutes ago uh stay tuned to balls.ie this week as morris's uh morris Brosnan's embedded article this week will be about hampsey and about man marking and who the best man markers are in football so that's an interesting one to look at especially with uh the Kerry tyrone game in mind coming this week right so back with you monday enjoy the weekend it's going to be a hell of a weekend to hurling